I'll be reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. And again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him were so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but because the soil was shallow, because it was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seen but never, never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown, and as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, 30, 60, or even a hundred times what was sown. The, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, was just read to us. God's Word was read to us. So let's go to Him in prayer as we go to God's Word and um, kind of see what Jesus was saying and how people have heard it and how we receive messages about Jesus. And I forgot again earlier to welcome those online. They are there. So we need to welcome them and um, keep them in our prayers and thoughts um, because there's many out sick today and they're hopefully listening right now so we need to pray for them I'm going to do that right now and also as we get into God's word like it says right in the middle there whoever has ears to hear let them hear right so let's go up to God in prayer God thank you so much for this gathering here today I pray as we dive into the gospel according to Mark that we would have ears that are open to listen and hear and to hopefully understand it and live it out. I pray for those online, even listening at this moment, who are um, maybe not feeling well and are sick. We call out to you to please touch their bodies and heal them. 
Help us to come alongside and encourage them the best we can. We also give you praise that Betty Bigelow is back at Lakeview. Just continue to be with her and help her in her recovery process. And yeah, thank you for Jesus. That's why we gather together. That's why we are here. Learning more about who Jesus is and what Jesus has called his followers to do. And it's in his wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. So when you're a preacher and you have three young kids and you take them places and you look on shelves, we were, I took Theo and Kezia to the library Monday, even, Monday afternoon, Theo does wood carving there, so I take him and Kezia sat down and was reading a book at the little table and what do I do? I pull up a chair as well to sit down and look at books that I come across but as I was sitting on the little table, if you've been in the Vestibury Library, you probably know what I'm talking about, but it's the kids' section of books, right? Um, so I glanced over, and as a preacher preaching the parable of the soil or the earth, the seeds, or whatever you want to call it, I look over, and what do I see? How tre- seeds travel. <laughs> what are the odds? Okay, so I said, I've got to pick it up. And I gotta check it out. And I look at it, okay? How seeds travel. So I'm looking at it because what is this parable talking about? Shout it out, please. Seeds being sown by a farmer. So I open the book, How Seeds Travel. I have no idea. I've never heard of the book before, never heard of the author, but I look it up and I start reading. Page six. Seeds are the beginning of life for most kinds of plants. A seed contains all the parts necessary to produce a new plant. But in order for a new plant to grow from a seed, certain basic needs must be met. The seed must be in a place where it has good soil and enough water and sunlight to grow. I keep reading. Page 16 comes about. Once the seeds and the fruits around them are ripe, it is time for the seeds to be released from the parent plant. Then they sprout and grow into new plants. The dissemination or scattering of seeds is one of the most important steps in the life cycle of a plant. Seeds need space if they are to sprout and grow successfully. I keep reading, right? You've got to keep reading the whole book. It's a short book. Page 45, the end, the last page of the book. We have seen that seeds have many different ways of traveling. They use wings and parachutes of down to fly of down to fly on the wind. They have hooks and barbs that cling to passing animals. They float on water and shoot into the air because seeds are always traveling. New plants spring up everywhere. As long as seeds move from place to place, weeds, wildflowers and new trees will continue to sprout and grow, keeping the earth green and alive. How Seeds Travel. It's a good book. Read it. I also found All About Seeds, but I won't read that one. But I also was in my office. I was like, I got to look up something else. 
Because the parable, this story that Jesus is saying is talking about a farmer scattering seeds everywhere, right? So I looked it up. This title of this article, Soil Preparation and Sowing of Seeds. First paragraph. People are generally mistaken about what the first step of farming or agriculture is. I know there's a lot of farmers, a few farmers in this congregation. They know about scattering seeds. We assume that it is the sowing of seeds. But even before the seeds are sown for germination, we must ensure that the soil is ready for farming. This is the process of soil preparation in the this. Uh, this article goes into the preparation of soil. There's plowing, there's leveling, and there's manuring before you even put the seed in the ground. There's preparation of the soil. Uh, this, again, this was eye-opening to me because I'm studying the parable of the seed or the soil or however you want to call it. And you read books about seeds and soil, and before the seed even has a chance to grow, you have to have the soil prepared. And we're going to learn about that today. There's a seed and there's soil. And we're going to learn what, how we can be encouraged to grow and produce fruit. So when you're taking kids to the library... Be on the lookout for books that help you teach about things and help you maybe understand how we can grow even more and more in Jesus and to help others to grow in Jesus. So the gospel, like I said, was read for us earlier. And I hope that you caught some phrases that maybe catch your eye or things that you're like, I have no idea what that means. I hope that is explained. Now, like I say every week, I'm not going to explain maybe everything, but I hope this gets you rolling and says, I want to study more at home, or I want to get together with somebody to talk about the parable that Jesus spoke here today. So a parable, if you don't know what a parable is, I had to look it up again because I love definitions, and this is parabole, a narrative of fictitious a narrative fictitious but agreeable to the laws and usages of human life by which either the duties of men or the things of God, particularly the nature and history of God's kingdom, are figuratively portrayed. So Jesus speaks a parable, something that maybe the hearers would understand because they're probably living in that type of culture, the agriculture area. And if you look around this church, what are we in? the farming country. There's farms all around us, correct? We have a few members that are farmers, right? You can probably name them. I'm not going to try because I might forget somebody and they're going to be like, you didn't say my name. But we have farmers even in our congregation. We can maybe go to them and help us learn more about what farmers do. But Jesus speaks this parable. And I want to... Look at the key verses, I believe, in this passage. So if you have your Bibles open, I'm going to point out these key verses, and then we're kind of going to dig into what I think the main message of this teaching is. Verse 3, the first 
main or key verse in this. It says what? Listen. Listen. Exclamation point in my Bible. I don't know about yours. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Listen. 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 The word basically means learn, okay? Listen. You got to pay attention, right? And in the Greek language, this is very encouraging or very eye-opening because if you go to the Greek language, it's a double imperative. We don't get that in the English language. It just says, listen. Does everybody else just say, listen, or something to that effect? In the Greek, it says, listen to this, behold. The double imperative. What does that mean? That it is very, very, very important. What's coming next? I thought that was interesting because we don't talk like that. We don't go to our kids and say, listen, behold, do this, right? We may say, listen, 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 okay? Like, I mean, that's a double, triple, quadruple imperative. But in the Greek language, it says, listen to this, behold. Something is important is about to be said. So pay attention. That's the first key verse, I believe, in this teaching of Jesus. And then you get down to verse 9, another key thing here. It says, Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear. The hear word means learn. Have you ever learned something? Who's learned something? I think everybody has. But it says, Whoever has ears to learn, let them learn. Have you ever said, I want to learn that and just sat on your couch and didn't do anything about it? I've done that before. I'm like, I want to learn how to do that. And I never picked it up and tried. (laughs) But it says, Jesus is saying, he just said the teaching, right? And then he tells the crowd, whoever has ears or whoever has ears to hear or to learn, let them learn, go learn it. Okay? The NLT, I like the New Living Translations. It says this, Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. The message, the paraphrase says, are you listening to this? Really listening. Don't those all give you the power and dynamic of what Jesus is saying? He looks at the crowd from the boat and he says, if you have ears to hear, you better be listening. You better be hearing this. You think some of them were like, eh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. You're in a boat. We're on the land. I don't want to listen to you. But the crowds are coming and Jesus says that. Key verse number three is verse 13, I believe. And I think this is the main one of the whole parable or the whole chapter four, verses one through 20. It's almost right in the middle of it. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? I did some digging. The Greek language again. The original language. Understand. The first understand in the NIV. Or if you have that as well. The first understand in Greek is Ido. 
Aido means this, to know the force and meaning of something which has a definite meaning. The second understand, okay, is gnosko. It's not Aido. Gnosko means this, frequently suggests inception or progress in knowledge, while Aido, which was just previously mentioned, suggests fullness of knowledge. Now listen to this. Don't you understand this parable? What parable did he just say? The soil, the earth, the sower of the seed, whatever you want to call it. He says, if you understand that parable that I just said, you're going to understand other parables. Isn't that interesting? I wanted a more powerful word, but it wasn't coming to me. This is Jesus' first parable, and he tells his disciples in private, he says, if you understand this one, you're going to understand every other teaching I'm going to tell you in parables. If we understand this parable, we're going to understand other teachings of Jesus as we get in the Gospel of Mark and if you study other Gospels as well. I thought about that and I was like, definitely, this parable is key. If we understand it, yes, we're going to understand more about who Jesus is and what he taught. Because you'll understand why when we get through this parable, I hope. Isn't that interesting though? When I, took, when I graduated college, I didn't take Greek or any languages in college. I was like, no way get to seminary, and I started my seminary, and I'm like, I have to take Hebrew and Greek. No. So I didn't do, I mean, I did well, but I didn't like pay attention greatest of needs in that close classes. But now I'm at my desk, and I'm like, what's that Greek word? I got to look that up, because it's interesting. I need to look it up. And why do we have the same English word here? Is it, it, is, is it the same Greek word or not? As, as you can see, the same English word, might not be the same Greek word. And it helps you grow in your faith and how you can teach others about the faith that we proclaim. So those are, I believe, the key verses, verse 3, verse 9, and verse 13. So as, as if you go home and don't remember anything else, look up those three verses and then you're like, oh yeah, let me piece them together again. Listen. That's the first one. And then, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Go learn it. Continue to learn. And then, if you understand this parable, you're going to understand other parables that are coming later. So, a farmer goes out and sows seed. Correct? The farmer is going out and scattering seed. Now, back in that day, how did they scatter seed? By hands. I don't see much of that today. I don't go by the big field and just see the farmer walking down the... Do you see that, anybody? Maybe in a little garden, yes, but not in the big fields out here. You don't see a person walking and just throwing seed. I don't. Maybe you have. I don't know. But you see big machines. You see these massive tractors going down line by line by line, right? And some of them, I heard, they don't even have to be driving. It's just GPS and you go by yourself tractor go ahead 
But here, Jesus is talking, and I think he's talking about a farmer that's scattering with his hands, okay? They didn't have the big tractors back then. So what happens if you're just scattering seed by hand? If I just threw seed out to you guys, where's it going to land? Everywhere, right? On the pew, on the carpet, on the communion table, in the speaker maybe, in your pocket, in your hair. So it lands in many different places. That's what's happening here. What do you got? The seed falls on the path, the rocky places, the thorny places, and good soil. So that's how many? Four. Four. Another interesting thing is I took my car in to get fixed this week, and I had to be there for like two to three hours, and I'm like, I'm going to do some sermon prep. But the owner of the shop, is he goes to church. I forget what church he goes to, but he sits down every time I get there. We talk a little bit about uh, life and, and, and God's word. And he's like, what are you preaching these days? And I'm like, the parable of the soil. So we sit down and he talks about it. And we're just having a good conversation about what we think the soil and the earth and the seed is talking about. And he made an interesting comment, which I don't know if we're going to get into it, but he's like, 75% didn't really understand it. And I said, from the looks of it, yeah. Then, then we start talking, and he's like, I don't know if it's 75%. It might just be talking about people and, and how they listen. And I'm like, well, yeah, that too. But don't miss opportunities to have conversations. Wherever you are. Because I could have been like, I don't want to talk to anybody while I'm waiting for my car to get fixed. I just want to sit here and be quiet. But you strike up conversations because people are out there, they want to talk. And I think they want to talk about the Bible and God. I do. Because some people will come up to you and then sometimes their first comments are something about God or Jesus. And you're like, well, there's an opportunity. Or they say something about creation or something and you're like, hey, how, where do you think that came from? Strike up conversations. Because what happens? I think the soil is getting prepared. I think the soil is getting prepared for something else to come in and soak in a seed. So there's four types of soil. You got the path, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and the good soil. The path, they hear the word, right? The path, they hear the word, but what happens? Satan comes and takes it away. What they just heard, Satan just comes and takes it away. The rocky places, they hear it and receive it with joy. Did you catch that in the reading? They hear the message, they receive it with joy, but quickly fall away because of trouble or persecution because of the word. Did you catch that too? Remember conversations? The man I had the conversation with at the discount tire and battery up here, he pointed that out. And I missed it. Verse 17. But since they have no root, they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. Because of what they heard, the message of Jesus, the gospel. 
That's why persecution is coming, and then they quickly fall away because they don't want to go through it. He pointed that out to me. You see how conversations will help you grow in your faith, even at a car repair shop. So don't get in a hurry to go to the next place in life. Sit down and have conversations. The thorny, they have no root, okay? They fall away, they have no root in where they're being built up in the rock. Thorny, they hear the word, but the word is choked by the deceitfulness of wealth. And there's nothing, they're unfruitful, there's nothing there. One time I looked up the word choke and I forgot to, but it's kind of just the life of you gets sucked out. It's there, but all of a sudden it chokes and there's nothing left. That's what that choke word means. I I do believe if I recall correctly. It chokes out what has been there. Making it unfruitful. So there's no fruit. And then you, you have the fourth soil. What are they doing? They hear it. They accept it. And produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100. The good soil produces crop. But what happens before they produce a crop? You got to hear it, right? You understand it. You learn it. You're not just saying, I've heard it. That's good enough for me. I'm going to go along and do whatever I want, right? But they hear it. The word here is akouo. I think I said it wrong, but that's okay. The Greek word, A-K-O-U-O. That's the English spelling of it. But that word here is consider what is being said. So the good soil, they are considering what is said. Do you ever not consider what is said? I do all the time. I hate to admit it, but somebody says something and I don't consider what they just said. So if somebody tells you a teaching that's Maybe hard to hear, you say, I'm going to stop and consider that for a few minutes because it's important to you. I want it to be important to me. So you have to consider what is being said. Now, going back to this teaching, remember, he's by the lake. He gets in a boat, maybe the boat they prepared for him to get away, remember, from last chapter. Um, but he gets in the boat. He sat it on the lake. The crowds are gathering at the water's edge. Who's in the crowd? Older people, younger people, kids, farmers, fishermen, fisher people. There might have been women. I don't know who fish. I don't know. Maybe tax collectors, Pharisees, teachers of the law. You have all these people. Remember the map we put up last time? Where are they coming from? North, south, east, west, everywhere. Who knows who was in the crowd? But Jesus gets in a boat and says, "What? listen, listen to what's up, right? But this good soil, they hear it. They consider what is being said. I even think of little children are there on the water's edge and saying, Jesus is speaking, this prophet, this teacher is speaking, and I'm going to consider what he's saying. I picture a little kid sitting there with a notebook, you know. Jesus is saying, this teacher, he's a good teacher because remember, he speaks with authority. I just see him writing it down, whatever they had to write with. I'm like, okay. I just picture that. 
They're hearing it. What do they do next? They accept it. Paradikomai. To accept, receive, not to reject. So they hear it. They've accepted it. They're like, I'm going to hold on to this thing. I'm not going to throw it away. Do you ever get a gift of something and you're like, I don't want that. But this word that comes to them, if you accept it, that's what this word means. They're not rejecting it. They're receiving it with all they have. So they hear it, they accept it, and then what happens? Produce a crop. Carpophorio. Here's what that means. To bear, bring forth deeds. Thus of people who show their knowledge of religion by their conduct. They hear the word. They've considered what is said from Jesus. They accept it. They're not rejecting it. They're keeping it tight. And then by their conduct, they've pretty much shown what they've accepted. Now, to be honest, I'm 37 years old, okay? I started going to church from the womb, okay? There's a lot of messages I've heard as a kid, okay? When I was a kid, I heard a lot of messages. I heard it, right? But then, what happens? I... Keep going, and I forgot about it. Okay? I didn't accept it fully. I've heard it over and over again. I'm like, that's a good story. I've heard it about a million times. But I didn't grasp the message of it, or the the truth of it, or what I need to be doing in my life, acting it out. Okay, then I get 12 years old, and I wrote that, I I think I shared this story, I wrote a note to my parents, I said, when you find this note, come to me, I'm in my room, I want to talk to you about baptism and following Jesus. So I'm just waiting in my room, like, oh man, I don't, when is it going to happen? When is it going to come to my room? And I didn't even go to the bathroom, I didn't get any food, I was just in my room, I don't want to leave it until they come get me. So my mom finds it, my mom and dad come in, says, hey, what's this note all about, do you want to talk? I said, yes. Then the next Sunday, that was a Saturday night they found it because I wrote it on a Saturday. And then that Sunday morning, my dad baptized me into Christ. So, 12-year-old boy, I've accepted what I've heard, right? But what happens? What happened? I forgot about it. I told you, I think I preached this parable from Matthew, which we're not going to go to there again, but I told you, I've been all these types of soils before in my life. I have. I heard it and Satan took it away from me quickly. I've heard it, received it with joy, but there was no root in it because what? The persecutions, the troubles, they got too big and I was like, quickly fell away. I've been the thorny soil that it's choked me because what does it say? The worries of the life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things. Sports was my thing. It was all about sports. I forgot about Jesus. Not totally, but I put him on the back burner. 
And then I'm the good soil, you know, I've heard it, I've accepted it. And once I started to produce crops, I'm like, why didn't I do it earlier? What took me so long to really have good soil in my life? I think it was the preparation. It takes time. You're not going to be perfect. My snap was terrible. You're not going to be perfect. I think I try to remind you every single week, if you need to accept Jesus, it doesn't start and stop at baptism. You get raised from the, de- from the grave of watery baptism, and you're raised to a new life. Are you going to be perfect and 100% a Christian and a follower of Jesus and everything? Absolutely not. I wasn't at a 12-year-old boy. But as the soil gets prepared and worked on, and the seed actually gets down in you and starts producing a crop, then you're like, wow, it's exciting. If you haven't, if you haven't noticed week to week that I'm not excited when I preach and teach the Word of God, I don't know where you've been. But I get excited when I learn and grow because I've been a Christian for, what, 25 years now? And I learned something new, I mean, or fresh, I want to say. It's been there, but I'm like, that's really been there the whole time I've been reading this Bible? I miss that, you know? It's exciting when you read it and you're like, I need to learn and grow every single day. You're producing crops. You're having conversations with people at Discount Tire. You're picking up books in the library saying, God, thank you for bringing me to this book, even about seeds. And you learn and grow the good soil. And something very, very, I hope this encourages you, because it encourages me. Verse 20 again. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. You don't have to produce the same crop as me. You don't have to produce the same crop as the elders we have at Ferris or the deacons. You don't have to produce the same crop as the best spiritual person you know. Some 30, some 60, some 100. Isn't that encouraging? Don't be like, well, I'm not like him or I'm not like her. I don't pray like them. I don't serve like them. Don't think that way. If you're producing a crop, say, God, I'm producing a crop. Thank you. I'm accepting what I hear and I'm producing it. I'm living it out. I might be at the 30, but I'm thankful. I might be at the 60, I'm thankful. I might be at the hundred. I'm not going to say I'm better than that person. I'm going to say I'm thankful and I'm thankful for that person and that person down the line there. If you were in Sunday school today, what happens when a church works together and it's one? You have people doing their producing of crop. You have them producing crop over here. You have producing crop over here. You have producing crop over here. And what happens? You have a big Big field of crops. Some 30, some 
60, some 100. Don't get discouraged if you're only at 30. Be thankful. Be thankful. One question, and then I want to bring you to an invitation. Here's a question for you. How do we prepare the soil for the seed that is being scattered? Or the word that is being scattered? How do we prepare the soil, our hearts, for the seed, the word of God? How do we prepare our hearts for receiving the word of God? Do you just wake up on a Sunday and say, oh, I'm going to church today because it's every week I got to do it. One of my pastor friends, he texts pastor friends every week saying, I'm praying for your pulpit ministry. He's preaching in Iowa right now. He was a, a, he went to co- I went to college with him. He was just graduating as I came in. But his favorite post to put on Saturday is Sunday is not a, or Sunday church is not a, Sunday church is a Saturday decision. That's what it is. Don't wake up on Sunday and say, oh, I got to go to church. I almost forgot. You say Saturday evening, you're like, we're going to church tomorrow because we're going to hear the word of God. We're going to sing praises to God. We're going to celebrate what Jesus did for us. We're going to learn in Sunday school about being a church that produces crop. Be excited about church gathering. And if you can't make it, which I'm hopefully going to hear some comments right now from people online saying, I'm hearing you, Keith. I'm here. I couldn't make it in person, but I'm hearing you right now. That we're going to be a church that produces fruit. Not just a church that says, oh, we met Sunday. We're good. We're golden. An invitation. If you want to turn in your Bibles... 1 John chapter 9, or 1 John, there's, no, there's not nine chapters in 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. So remember, I think a couple weeks, or maybe it was it last week, was it last week that Jesus, two weeks ago, where he calls his disciples, uh, the apostles, calls them by name, the twelve, right? And I said, Peter, Simon, he named Peter. Then you got the sons of thunder, James and John. Remember I said James was probably the first martyred apostle and John was the last one to die of those 12. And John writes this to the church. Chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. It says this. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. What is implanted in you if you're born of God? God's seed. God's seed. So those born of God, God's seed remains in them. What is God's seed? Or who is God's seed? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. This is from Thayer's Greek lexicon. God's seed. The Holy Spirit, the divine energy operating within the soul by which we are regenerated or made children of God. In the Vine's Concise Dictionary, it says, Children of God, His seed, 
Abide in him and do not go on doing doing or practicing sin. The seed signifies the principle of spiritual life as imparted to the believer. The child of God remains eternally related to Christ. Because we have God's seed in us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of those who have been born of God. I want to say the Greek word, but if you want to know it, come to me. Or should I just say it? The Greek word for seed in this verse in chapter, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9 is sperma. That makes it even more powerful to me. Something is in you from God. God Himself. And it's producing what? Fruit, crops, living a life that's worthy of your new life in Christ. I'll end with this, Jesus' first sermon, very short sermon. What did he say? Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is here, it's near. Repent and believe the good news. That was Jesus' first sermon. One preacher said, since then, He thinks many, 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 many thousands of sermons have that in it. Repent and believe the good news. I hope preachers are saying that. Repent and believe the good news of Jesus. And then what did Jesus say? Follow me. I will make you fish for people. I will train you to fish for people. I think it's still today. As we read God's word, as we study together, let's go fish for people. That's a crop. We're producing crops. We're planting seeds, maybe where the seed was not planted before, and then it's going to produce another crop. And then one day we come in here, maybe 10, 15, 20 years from now, and every seat is filled Wouldn't that be something? If you came in here Sunday morning and you went to sit in the spot you always sit in and somebody else was sitting there. And you're like, praise God that I get to sit in a new seat. Or standing room only, maybe. Or sitting on stage with me, that's okay. So that's a simple... I hope, explanation of that parable because it encouraged me this week to be producing a crop. Even if it's 30, even if it's 60, even if it's 100. The Holy Spirit is working in believers and we need to understand that and we need to encourage others to just go out and continue to learn and grow in faith and practice in their conduct. Let's pray today. God, thank you so much for the Gospel of Mark. How the words have been preserved for us today to read and to study and to learn and grow in our knowledge and faith of who Jesus is and what Jesus wants us to do in life. Thank you for the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit leads us and guides us into truth, capital T, 
And we know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And right now, if people out listening, the ears that are listening, if they say, oh, I need to repent and believe Jesus, let them do it today. And there'll be much rejoicing here on earth and in heaven. So I pray that we would continue to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.